0: Welcome to episode 45 of Mental Ish with Gabby Fox, a podcast to get your mind right. We've taken a little bit of a break to work on other projects, but we are back with a bang. Here with me today is best-selling author Ben Angel. He is a biohacker a self-help guru he is um originally from australia i want to say and i'm super excited to have him here on the show and we're gonna talk about his book unstoppable and just kind of find out what his inspiration was for writing this amazing book that changed my life and changed how i perceive uh helping others as well so welcome ben
1: thank you so much for having me gabby i'm excited to be here
0: of course. We're excited to have you. So you are now in the United States. You're not in yep. Australia anymore, correct?
1: No, I'm in Hollywood, Florida, I believe. Not too far from where you are right now, I think.
0: Yep. We're practically neighbors.
1: Yes. <laughs> we're also hurricane neighbors, apparently, too. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I believe there's another one coming our way, unfortunately, but we will yep. hope for the best.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh. So, Uh, I picked up your book uh, based on just I was scrolling through and you know how our phones like to listen to us (laughs) and um, and your ad popped up. I saw this book that just said when motivation and all the self-help stuff isn't working, something along those lines. And I was like, oh, because I obviously do all the um, the inner work considering a platform, but I was still feeling the the effects of some sort of sluggishness lack of motivation uh, a lot of procrastination and I knew that I had healed my traumas and done my inner work and and had pushed through that so I couldn't figure out what was going on and I said I'm getting this book right now and I would love for you to just share with the audience what inspired you to write this book
1: Yeah, well, it was an interesting journey because in my life, I've had depressive episodes on and off in my teens as well as my 20s. But this depressive episode was very different in that I had traveled around the U.S. and Canada for three months, my first real holiday as an adult. But when I got back home to Australia at the time, I suddenly started exhibiting symptoms of depression, aggression, which was really unusual for me. Um, anxiety, fatigue. I was anxious. I had insane anxiety. And uh, in Australia, I used to speak at 40 to 60 events per year. I loved speaking on stage. I'd get excited about it. But the upcoming speaking events that I had, I was just filled with fear and I couldn't work out why at the time. And there was also this underlying intense level of fatigue, which I would be able to do two to three hours of work in the morning, but I would have to have three to four naps in the afternoon just to get by so i could have enough mental clarity to push through and i can tell you right now that's no way to live it's just it feels like you're constantly walking through mud and within a couple of weeks, because I've always been a proactive individual, I've taught self-help for the last 15 years. So if there's a problem, like I grew up on a farm, if there's a problem, you go and fix it.
0: <laughs> you figure it out.
1: Yeah, so I started seeing different doctors, nutritionists. Um, I was working out six times a week, doing an insane CrossFit program with a personal trainer as well. I was having one cheap meal per week. My diet was, if you were to take my diet to a doctor, they'd look at it and go, this is stellar. And some of them said that. And yet, I still had all of these symptoms. And it got to a point where I started questioning, why did the self-help strategies that used to work for me previously suddenly no longer work for me? And at the time, I was doing everything an individual should to get healthy. I was meditating. I was doing visualizations, although it did get to the point where my brain fog was so intense that I couldn't do that. I couldn't sit down to read books anymore because I just wanted to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. But it really hit a peak in March of 2017 when I'd actually seen a particular doctor and Unfortunately, she'd said most people never work out why they've got fatigue and they just have to live with that. And I, at that point, just had a real kind of breakdown moment where I thought, I'm going to the professionals, I'm doing what people say to do.
0: What you're supposed to do.
1: And yet the professionals aren't able to help me, so what chance have I got here? And at the time, I <laughs> it's a really crazy idea when I think back at it, but at the time, I thought I have to spend all my time and effort and a little energy I have around troubleshooting this problem. So I pitched the book idea to Entrepreneur Magazine here in the US. So I'm a con- video marketing contributor for on a weekly basis. I said, look, I... I got this problem. I want to go on a 90-day mission. I want to interview biohackers like Dave Asprey, talk to doctors, neuroscientists, try the latest wearable devices to help with stress and anxiety. But I don't know what the outcome's gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously as a publisher, most publishers would run away from that. <laughs> but they right. They got really excited about it and just said, Look, we're willing to go on this journey with you. We totally get that you may not get the answers that you want, but we're willing to take that risk. So mm-hmm. the book really saved my life to a large degree because in signing that book contract, I was putting pen and pen to paper with huge levels of accountability to get better but also to share that story of what I was going through in a very raw and honest format that people can connect with.
0: So when I read it, one thing that resonated with me was I was feeling pretty much the exact same way. I, I'm i on the journey that I want to be on. I'm doing the things that I need to be doing. I've already dealt with my past traumas, as I said, but why do I have all this fatigue? Why is it so hard for me to concentrate? Uh, I know my diet is for the most part healthy, like I try to eat all organic, and I have for over 10-15 years. But I do eat quite a bit of carbs and sweets because I'm one of those lucky people that doesn't gain weight very easily. So I've never really dieted in that sense, but as I'm reading your book, I'm looking at, okay, what am I eating or ingesting that could be causing some sort of imbalance or allergic reaction or sensitivity When you were talking about energy sources and, you know, my energy sources mostly coming from carbs and sugar versus what you were talking about, which is fat and keto and more along those lines, it was like a light bulb went on because I always make fun of those people that do the keto diet because I've never really had a diet, but now I'm thinking, okay, I can eat all these carbs and donuts and sugar and everything, but is it hurting me in another way? Like with my energy levels and my mental function and clarity. So that was one of my aha moments with the book.
1: Yeah. And I I think it's important to go back to the point where you said you dealt with that psychological trauma, because at the time, when I think about the depressive episodes that I'd had in the past, I can clearly tell you that in my early twenties, my father passed away it's clearly psychological trauma and depression, totally understandable, totally relatable to go through those stages of grief. But this time, there wasn't any psychological trauma associated with it. I was happy, I was working on my laptop out of cafes, which is what I love to do. It's where I'm my most creative, funnily enough. And that's when I asked the question, what would happen to a peak performer if you depleted them of essential nutrients? such mm-hmm. as vitamin D, magnesium, or what would happen to them if you exposed them to toxins or changed their diet or they were exposed to inflammation. And we have this huge body of research that's available out there in the medical community that shows that all of these different things link back to depression in some shape or form. Right. And When I looked at it, I'm thinking, well, this is the same coin, but there are two sides to it. One is psychology and one is biology. And we have this hustle until you die movement through self-help, which I'm a huge advocate for. But now through this research, I'm kind of questioning every single part of it because we put all of the emphasis on the psychology, but we don't look at the biochemistry and these underlying triggers that actually change our behavior. And
0: And affects your reaction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there was one particular study that comes to mind with, group of teenagers they studied that lived right off a freeway so they were being exposed to car fumes and toxins on a daily basis and what they actually found is these teens exhibited more aggressive behavior than those that didn't live next to a freeway. Now that was really quite astounding to me because there are all of these underlying factors that we just don't consider and The bottom line is our environment has significantly changed in the last 50 years but our thinking hasn't whatsoever
0: so talking about what you were just saying about being in different zip codes i'm thinking people that are in lower income brackets particularly in this country and all they have access to is junk food and no whole foods no vitamins nothing really that's good for them physiologically so then when something super stressful happens or traumatic they cannot biologically handle it let alone if they are you know inept psychologically as well because of their um, lack of education on emotional health it sets off a chain reaction and then leads to all this rampant, you know, mental health issues and anxiety, depression, everybody on uh, antidepressants and pharmaceutical medicine that then causes side effects and other health issues or mania or even suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And so when you were talking about the different areas and different zip codes, You know, many of the people that are in these Facebook groups and that follow me on my anxiety platform, they're in a lower income bracket and they are in dire straits. They don't have the resources to go out and pay for expensive therapy, etc. And they'll message me and say, you know, I've tried meditation, I've tried the CBD, I've tried this and that, and it's just not working. And so when I read your book... I was just like, wow, it really does start with the basics and making sure that, and through reading your book, I realized that I needed to reassess the way I was helping people and the way I was structuring my coaching and my programs, because it all starts with the physiological stuff, like how can you process psychological trauma or uh, issues with anxiety if the vessel in which you are trying to heal is sick?
1: It's a beautiful way to put it. And that's what I've seen with many individuals that have contacted us. We get messages every single day from people that have been struggling. And what's happening is sometimes if they're going, they've got these traumas, they may be going to a therapist to help with those traumas. But we don't necessarily question, are they actually, do they actually have brain fog and inflammation while they're trying to do that heavy psychological work? Exactly. And it's like trying to do, trying to work through psychological traumas when you've got no fuel in the car. Yeah. Just what can happen is it could potentially re traumatize that individual. So, the therapist may be focusing on bringing out all the positive aspects but if the brain is biochemically set to brain fog, fatigue and depression Mm -hmm. you're constantly having to apply willpower which costs a huge amount of energy and there's one way that I like to share with people to help explain it clearly is it's as if you've come to a T-junction on the road You want to turn right because that's where your goals are, that's your soul's purpose, that's where you're going to be your happiest, Mm -hmm. but self-preservation mode and your primal brain has kicked in which now says we have to protect vital bodily functions over your ambitious goals. You actually need to turn left to rest and recover because you simply don't have the energy to go down that particular path. So people get to this T-junction and they feel constantly torn. They feel like they're two different people. They know that they've got it in them. They know that they have the capacity to do it, but they don't have access to that capacity. Mm -hmm. And a good way to look at it is to look at it as an energy deficit, which is the difference between the energy they currently have but the energy that they actually need to go down that other path is significantly different So all of the work that I focused on, not just through psychology, but biology, biohacking, neuroscience, the whole lot, is to really close that energy deficit. And we have had a number of people where they were depressed, they were anxious, they were constantly stressed out, and they'd spent years focusing on that aspect alone. Instead, they flipped it, started focusing on the other, got their health back up. And some of those issues just completely disappear because the triggers when psychological triggers, the biological triggers that they didn't know about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not knowing that you have biological triggers is a huge thing. I see people in the anxiety groups online all the time talking about how, well, the reason I'm on medication is because I have a chemical imbalance in my brain, that's why I have anxiety. And there's a couple of reasons that I fundamentally disagree with this and one of them is that medication treats symptoms and it does help balance the lower levels of chemicals that are in need of boosting, but it doesn't look at why they're low in the first place, like the origin. And then you have to account for all the side effects that the medicine is causing that are detrimental to your health and are definitely not going to help you feel better they might actually be adding symptoms. There's also been many instances of people taking psychotropic drugs for anxiety or depression and it causing mania, it causing suicidal thoughts. And the reason is, is they are prescribing new medicine that's treating symptoms and it's not trying to figure out why are your serotonin or your dopamine levels low? Could it be all of these biological triggers that are happening? Could it be a few psychological triggers from your past that are causing this imbalance? And then these two things that come together to just take you down. It's actually amazing when I explain to people um, how this is happening and what's actually causing it because they've thought their whole lives that, oh, I just have this imbalance. But when I explain that... Here are the things that are causing the imbalance and you're actually in control of them. You just see this light bulb go off um, or you, you feel the surprise through their messages. And the great news about that is that if you know you're causing the imbalance, then you have total control to stop it and to balance it again. Yeah. So another question I had for you is what are the different triggers and how are they actually triggered?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, one thing I just want to say quickly in regards to medication, if anyone's on medication, don't just stop taking it. Please do it under the advisement of your doctor. Um, But if you are on medication, like you mentioned, a lot of the time it can treat the symptom and not the cause. And if it is a GP, now let me be clear, I have nothing against GPs. I think there are systematic issues in the way that uh, mental health is diagnosed especially considering the fact that it might be a five or a 10 minute appointment and antidepro- antidepressants are prescribed. I just still don't know or understand how people can make a quick diagnosis like that and make sure everything is ruled in or rolled out. So I would recommend people take their lab work, go to a functional doctor who takes more of a holistic approach to That's see it. if there, there are any other underlying factors there. Um, In regards to the triggers, there's probably one thing I'd like to cover before we dive into that is that if you are going to the doctor and they keep on saying your tests are normal, you're good on all of the vitamins, your thyroid's fine, your hormone's fine, what you need to ask them is a follow-up question, which is, am I at the bottom end or the top end of that normal range for that particular, say, vitamin B or vitamin D or even for my thyroid test? Now, speaking to a doctor here in the US, I said to her, like, I've been exhibiting all of these symptoms, so why do I still feel like shit? (laughs) <laughs> like, how, how are these normal ranges actually defined? And she yeah. said, well, the typical guinea, medical guinea pig is a 70 kilogram white 30 year old male. Now, that doesn't represent our entire population and it misses our genders, it misses our different weight ranges, ethnicity. So when people are getting these results back, yes, it gives you a basic gauge, but it doesn't tell the full story. And for me personally, I was on the verge of having to take thyroid medication for the rest of my life. And this was even after six different doctors had taken the same blood test in Australia and here in the US, but the functional doctor looked at it and said, you're incredibly low. So if we don't do something right now, you may have to go on medication. And so, a functional doctor will also look at preventative care. Are you too high or are you too low and address that? And that's a really important thing for people to understand, especially when you're doing the right thing. You're going to doctors and they say you're normal and you should be fine. Yeah. Kind of like a gut punch when you know intrinsically that something ain't right. right. So,
0: yeah, because you want to know if you are on the bottom end of normal because you're 2 seconds away from being below average or below, you know, what is okay. So you want to address that before it becomes a problem.
1: Yeah, and if you if you are at the bottom end, you may be exhibiting symptoms already just mm-hmm. because you're still in the normal range based on gender, ethnicity, age, weight, the whole lot different factors. You may still have those symptoms, but based on the medical guinea pig, they may not diagnose you as that straight away. And I think when people hear that, it provides a lot of relief, and I encourage them to go back and look at their lab test results, take it to a functional doctor, have it assessed again from a different perspective.
0: Yeah, because... Most doctors are just going to look and glance at your results and see, okay, she's in the normal range, she's fine, or oh, she needs a little bit of this, here's a prescription. But you want to read into the fine print. And also just look into functional medicine doctors. They are going to look at you from several different angles and your health from several different angles, not a general practitioner that is going to ask you about your symptoms and then try to diagnose what they are and give you medicine for it which can throw off your whole body's chemistry and obviously cause side effects and other symptoms. And that doesn't even account for the fact that most psychotropic medications or pharmaceuticals are highly addictive.
1: Yeah. And side effects from medication were one of the top triggers that I looked into because I started questioning when it comes to certain medications, they trigger very specific thought patterns such as suicidal thoughts. And I kind of looked back at that and thought, well, what else causes those thought patterns if we look at nutritional deficiencies in particular? Mm-hmm. And how is that behavior being manipulated? in means that, you know, we're not purposefully letting ourselves go. You may have a vitamin D deficiency because which I, by the way, just found out mine has dropped again, we moved to Florida and all the buildings here have heavy tent, heavy tints on the window which stop the light from coming in, the sunlight from coming in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it could be something as simple as an environmental shift that we blame on psychology, like we're off our game, there's something wrong with us, when it's just you're not getting enough sunlight because there's tint on the window.
0: Vitamin D is one of those things and it's so funny because we live in Florida. You'd think we get plenty of sun, but when you're working all the time and you're stuck inside, you just end up not getting the amount of sun that you think you will. And so what I try to do is every morning I go outside with my dog before it gets too hot and I get my five to 10 minutes because even with my vitamins having my multivitamin having vitamin D in it, um... I find that the sun just kind of helps boost your mood as well
1: yeah and sometimes it's just the simplest thing that we're we always typically blame on a lack of willpower and i i do think the self-help industry has perpetuated that it's all in your head and you should be able to toughen up and fix it mm-hmm. and like I said, our environment has changed and especially around the triggers, nutritional deficiencies are a big one. The industrialization of our food practices and the farming. I grew up on a farm. I've seen the changes occur over the years, but there have been studies done in Canada and the US where they found the magnesium content of some vegetables had dropped by more than half in the last 50 years. So you could... The typical advice is that you should be able to eat a well balanced diet and meet all of your nutritional needs. That really needs to be updated because we do have research that's coming out to say that, you know, what our grandparents ate 40 or 50 years ago, yes, it would have met their nutritional needs. But now, because the minerals in the soil are being depleted because everything's been sped up we're not able to and the the bigger kind of global picture is also what is the implication of climate change on the rate that food is growing there have been some preliminary studies done that have found when a particular algae was exposed to more carbon dioxide it grew a lot faster and a lot larger but the bacteria that actually fed off it began to die because it no longer had the nutritional content in it so mm-hmm. there's there are some bigger world questions that kind of came out right. of research in the book that went holy crap wh- where are we going to be in 50 years with more carbon yeah. dioxide and I do believe there should be more studies done around carbon dioxide and aggression and toxins, more done in major cities to see mm-hmm. how that could influence, influence us. Are we are major cities, are they gonna become more aggressive populations? And some right. may think that's a far-fetched question, but like I said, that some of the initial research done shows that it can increase aggressive behavior.
0: Yeah, and you were even saying that one of your symptoms Um, from before you started this journey with this book was increased aggression, and you're not an aggressive man uh, from what I can tell at all. Um, Another point you touched on was the algae. Um, It triggered something in my mind to candida. uh, Yeast, which I had an issue with, um, for a very long time and it was causing a whole plethora of health issues and when I looked it up it was something that is not uncommon and can be caused by um, too much antibiotic use which I definitely had experienced in the past because this was before I realized how bad antibiotics were for my gut. I obviously had tons of inflammation, fatigue, and you know other people suffer from digestive issues. I really had an issue with the inflammation part and kept getting recurring infections and also just it exacerbating my anxiety because, you know, inflammation causes a spike in cortisol, which triggers your fight or flight and can actually put a lot of stress on your heart. So candida is not something uh, to be messed with. And so it's something that I looked into uh, to heal holistically and have done so thankfully because um the the symptoms that i was having from it were really affecting me and one of the tests that you actually recommend in the book which is uh through thrive it's a uh at-home test that you can order and send in your results for it's test your you know your gut bacteria and your gut health and they send you back recommendations and uh, results and I wasn't sure if it if it included the candida or not, but I did go ahead and get that done just because I was curious.
1: And one thing that's interesting about candida and doing the gut, the gut health, the gut health test won't actually pick up the candida. There is a lab, Everly Well, here in the US that are planning on launching a kit that will test for candida. Now, one thing is when it comes to candida, a lot of typical GPs would say, look, it's only ever an issue in patients with HIV, so their immune system is overly compromised. Um, however, Harvard and the US Health Organization here have also done research into it and found that an overgrowth of candida can occur after someone has taken medication, but specifically antibiotics. So yeah antibiotics take a scorched earth approach to our gut wipe out good and bad bacteria and candida is an opportunistic opportunistic yeast which will thrive in that atmosphere so if someone is having too much sugar it's just going to feed the candida but the symptoms and the diagnosis around candida can be quite difficult just because you're not medically diagnosed with candida in the extreme scenario it doesn't mean you don't have issues with it and i noticed that when my depressive episodes started picking up when i tracked my timeline back i did have a course of antibiotics for a nose infection the sinus infection that didn't go away and no, same, when you exactly. same Yeah, and one thing that I encourage people listening to this is do a timeline of all of the events over the last couple of years and ask yourself, have I had a course of antibiotics? When was it? What did I feel like in the weeks after that? Uh, Did I actually put on weight because my gut microbiome was thrown out of whack? Did I start experiencing brain fog or fatigue or a whole host of other issues? Um, The owner of Thrive, when he had antibiotics, he actually had to go to hospital because I think he ended up with C. diff. So it was a life-threatening wow. situation for him and that actually inspired the creation of the gut health test. And they, they collect fecal samples from all over the world as part of the gut microbiome project, which is an international project. And they're actually looking at the different gut microbiomes in each country to see, okay, this is what it looks like for Americans for Asian cultures and different cultures. And for some of us, it could be something as benign as you go on a holiday like I do and suddenly I was exposed to different bacteria.
0: And then it's all thrown off.
1: Yeah, and in that case it's not in your head, it's in your gut.
0: Yeah, they say that gut-brain connection is a real thing and I think it definitely is.
1: Yeah, and there the, a lot of research is coming out almost on a weekly basis between the gut-brain connection, which is through the vagus nerve in the body, that it's a bilateral communication. And one thing that I found taking the gut health test is that I had next to no bacteroids in my system. And a recent study only came out a couple of months ago is that they have found depressed individuals had lower levels of bacter- bacteroids. So they're now looking at that connection. But the other thing is, you know, there's companies in China now that are doing research into psychobiotics to look at how a probiotic can boost serotonin and dopamine. And the studies that they've done, the initial studies, they're finding success with children who have Tourette's and autism. Wow. Wow. That it's helping them significantly and there is a company here in the u.s that's hoping to bring it out to the u.s later this year i believe but it's a specific type of lactobacillus because uh, there are hundreds thousands of different strains but they've sure. kind of narrowed it down to one particular one and that kind of comes back to the whole message of the book is yeah, you know, let's not just always blame it on a weak mental attitude. It's we're yeah. com- we're complex beings. Our environment has changed the way what we consume. We are exposed to a lot more than what we realize. And we need to treat everyone on an individual by individual basis. We're all different.
0: Yeah, and I think that was my biggest takeaway from your book is that I needed to stop beating myself up because I felt bad because I was doing that. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm an anxiety coach, I'm a psychologist, and I'm helping heal people, but I feel like shit most of the time. And I just couldn't figure out what it was. And I'm thinking, I don't think I'm having any type of uh, allergic reaction because I'm not having any sort of symptoms that would be typical of that. I don't eat terribly, I don't do drugs, I don't drink alcohol anymore, I don't even drink really caffeine, and I'm not taking any medications. So through reading your book and realizing that, yes, I definitely need to troubleshoot and assess what exactly I'm putting into my body and what my biological environment is doing by getting some tests done to see what I am sensitive to, what I am lacking in. And I also looked into some of the wearable technology that you mentioned in the book, uh, particularly the touch points. Um, Yes, you have them there. (laughs) Because when I read your story about the woman who had the deep fear of like oceans and water and the the boats and just everything, I was really intrigued. Sort of tapping into my um wh- my neurological response that yeah. could help me. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, touch points are incredible. And the story that you reference, um, Trish, a good friend of mine. For those that don't know, she had thalassophobia, which is the Deep, the fear of deep water, ocean, ships. And it manifested itself when she was, I think, in her early 20s. And one thing that we did is we actually used the touch points, which are little watch like devices. So it provides bilateral stimulation. So one vibrates, then the other vibrates, and it goes back and forth constantly like this. And what it does is it calms the fight-or-flight response so you can get back into your rational, logical mind. And they were developed by a neuroscientist, and I use them most days just to help with writing or before I film videos or if I'm kind of nervous about something. But with Trish, I told her about them, and she said, Ben, I want to try it with this thalassophobia. And I was a little bit wary at first because her phobia was such if she did get too close to the water she would drop down on the ground in fear like she would just panic and she would wear a hat when walking next to the ocean with her husband so she couldn't see it it was that bad so wow. we sat down with a touch point on the computer in just the initial session just to see how she did uh, we had her look at photos of whales and sharks and In the initial stages, her fear, her anxiety level went up to 10 plus 12 out of 10. And I kept saying, do you want to stop? Do you want to stop? She's like, no, I got to do something about this. And within about 40 minutes, she actually picked up my laptop and she was looking at the shot, the Jaws movie poster, which would freak her out. And she was pointing out all of the little details in the lady's bra and just giggling. Yeah. and all of a sudden she just felt neutral around it that severe phobia had just left and about a week later and people can check out the video on my youtube channel where we actually document what happened on this day she wanted to go to the ports in tampa bay to a particular location where she had to actually give up a job because it was too close to the water And Mm -hmm. you kind of see her, she's got the touch points on, we're kind of edging closer and closer to the water. When she freaks out, I had her hum a little song that her husband used to sing that would make her crack up laughing, so i had an interrupt, like, while using the touch points, because this is a severe phobia, this is not to be messed with. Yeah. And at one point, she says, I don't want to be this person anymore. And I said, Trish, look where you're standing, you're, like, right near the ship. And she just burst out in laughter and then she was taking photos of the ship. And the most heartwarming moment of that is she actually went down and put her hand on a ship. She leant out over the water and touched the ship. And her story is really interesting. She did have severe trauma as a child, multiple instances. And I certainly don't want to go into the details of what occurred, but it had manifested itself as this phobia as kind of a coping mechanism. And after she had this experience, those people and events that had controlled her entire life for over 40 years, she just felt neutral on. And if we look at kind of two sides of the equation, one is that you could do therapy for it. But the challenge with that is you might have to relive all of those bad memories which could re-traumatize her and solidify it even further. With this, we didn't actually talk about any of those traumas.
0: Right, you didn't have to go backwards.
1: No, and that's what they're using. Psychologists and therapists are now actually using the touch points in sessions with their patients. So they'll put them on their patients when they come in the door. They'll get them into their rational mind, and then they can work through those events from the rational mind instead of the fear-based mind, which could create imaginary fears that could rule them. So it's, it's exciting to me looking at the new technology to go, there's actually a different way around some of these things. And that's not to say it works in every, every instance, it's person by right. person, but it gives a lot of hope to people who don't want to relive that stuff, but need to deal with it.
0: I feel like people forget that just because they have a strong emotion or a strong reaction to something, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true or that it comes from a place of fact. It could just be a trigger you have that's irrational. But whatever happened in the past that was traumatic, that caused the trigger to form, whether the trigger is an object or a person or just a certain situation, later in life, when that trigger is hit, it elicits the same emotion that happened way back when, years ago, and it kind of takes over. But like with the touch points, if you can get back into your logical mind and challenge these triggers and challenge these thoughts that create these upsetting emotions, you can reframe them. So I think it's an amazing technology that helps you uh, reprogram those triggers that may not be actually true or actually scary
1: yeah the the research that's out there is incredible it just i think for the project it took a really long time to sift through it to see all right who's doing the research who's funding that research as well which is also crucial Mm -hmm. but also for even for the book we had three different editors work on the book and for any author they typically went one the publisher and i decided we want to get this right because it is kind of becoming more medical so i hired a researcher scientific researcher they hired a medical editor who'd worked in the field then we had a third fact checker company go through the book then we sent it to psychologists doctors nutritionists and (laughs) quite an exhaustive process but We've had a lot of doctors and psychologists and nutritionists in the last few weeks say that they're now giving the book to their patients, which is very humbling. It's more than what I could have ever hoped for in the book.
0: Well, I'm sure it has to be an incredible feeling to just know that you're making that big of an impact that, you know, mental health professionals are recommending your book to their patients in addition to whatever services or help that they're offering
1: yeah it was we certainly put my feet to the flame (laughs) to ensure that we got it right but also to ensure that the raw honest story came through the book of what i was struggling with even as i was doing the experiments it wasn't an easy project i wanted to give up in the first 30 days because my symptoms kind of got worse before they got better but you know one aspect of the book that i cover is We also look at four different identity types to help people, give people an identity of where they are so they can kind of accept that, yeah, I actually am sick right now. That's okay. Once I admit I'm sick, I can start getting help. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I observed is, whether it's inflammation or food sensitivities or toxins or low vitamin D, is that our moods and our energy fluctuates throughout the day. So I kind of created a new way to look at it, which is we just like a mobile phone, we plug it in every single night, we wake up in the morning, it's good to go, it's fully charged. But as the day goes on, if it gets flat, it'll go into power-saving mode, which will start turning off all of those background tasks. that keep the phone performing at its best and we're no different because as the day goes on we'll notice we can be strong and confident first thing in the morning by mid-afternoon we might be depressed anxious upset because our energy levels have taken a dip and that self preservation mode has kicked in so we actually surveyed over 21 and a half thousand people with this particular model And what what we found is over 76% of people have brain fog. Over 80% have inconsistent energy. A large percent have digestive issues. So we've broken up the four identities into a battery. So at the very bottom, we have defender. So you're defending off any fight or flight kind of threat coming your way. You're probably angry. You're most likely depressed. And you need to go to a doctor immediately. That's the most important thing I can say. Get all your blood panels done. You need outside help. So, the defenders represent about 5% of individuals, and they're the severe cases. Right. Above that, where the energy level is 25 to 50%, we have guardians. They represent about 50% of people, which is a huge portion of our population. I was there. Okay. <laughs> yep. So that could be everything from anxiety, depression, fatigue, not sleeping well, digestive issues, uh, a lack of confidence, a lot of self-doubt. So the guardian is kind of guarding those last resources. So you might even find yourself defensive at times because your brain really is in a state of distress, which triggers that fight or flight response and then above that 50 to 75 percent energy we have the synergists so they're kind of they're on the cusp they're doing relatively well but if they push themselves too hard they could drop down to a guardian very quickly or if they fine-tune things they'll eventually become a catalyst which is when your energy level is like 75 to 100 percent, everything is in alignment at that point
0: point. and you feel amazing
1: you feel great, you have that focus, concentration, but the interesting thing in this survey of 21,500 people is only 6% of people actually represents the catalyst status, those peak performers. So they, their digestive is in order, they're eating healthy, their energy is great. Uh, they haven't had any suicidal thoughts in the past month or depressive episodes but it's only a tiny portion of the population that actually reach that and that really comes back to the question of self-help helps people when you're kind of at that top six percent because your cognitive function is working well. but when your conf- cognitive function is below, her, especially 50 percent and below, her, It's really hard to find a positive thought when your brain isn't thinking clearly. And it can really create an environment of self-blame to go, I know I should feel grateful, but I just don't. And I don't know why. (laughs)
0: Yes. And a lot of meditative practices focus on gratitude and gratitude can bring everything you want of your life to you if you're able to get into that state. But do you know how many people including me um, tried to get into meditation and looked up all the YouTube videos, followed all the gurus, um, you know, did everything I was supposed to do. And it was just so hard for me to get into that state of mind. And I feel like I have a pretty good relationship, you know, with the higher power, with God, with, you know, whatever you want to call it. So I'm like, why is it so hard for me? meditate, just to be able to quiet my damn mind and just get into that flow. You know, feeling more from the heart versus your head and being in your thoughts. And through reading your book and also finding another amazing spiritual guide online, um, I realized I wasn't physiologically capable of meditating. And I wasn't able to access a higher frequency because my body and my my whole being was operating from a low frequency state, like you were saying with the phone battery, being in power saving mode. So 90% of my day, I'm in that low frequency power saving mode. And then 10% of the day, I'm like ready to take on the world. And I knew I had goals and I knew what I wanted to do. And I felt great that 10% of the day. But once that 10% was up, I felt like I was like trudging through mud and I couldn't figure out why. And so trying to meditate was just completely off the table
1: yeah and coming back to the frequency a lot of people it's like you're trying to dial in the old radio station but you're not actually getting a station you're stuck in between stations on white noise because your brain isn't just fueled for peak performance right now to find that correct station and one thing around meditating is i actually tried this device which is called muse so Mm -hmm. you You'll pop it on your head like this, and you kind of look like Doctor Spock, <laughs> which is great. But what it does is it actually reads your brainwaves in real time. So you listen to it with headphones in, and when your brainwaves are really scattered, you're kind of in between those stations. You'll hear the background noise and waves or a storm pick up, and that's a media audio and biofeedback to let you know that you're not in that zone at the moment. And when you actually hit the calm state, you'll start to hear little birds chirping, which is a great reinforcer for you to really know that, okay, this is what it feels like to be in that zone that they talk about in meditation.
0: Mm-hmm. And for a lot
1: of individuals, if you haven't done meditation, it's really hard to have a benchmark of how it should feel. So there are other devices. and. You know, when I was initially trialing this device, I had so much brain fog, you could see that my thinking pattern was all over the place due to biological issues, not psychological issues at the time.
0: Yeah, I just can't tell you enough how grateful I am for you deciding to go on this journey, although it was to sort of save yourself, it was also to help and impact others, and it certainly helped me realize that if I'm going to help others heal, I need to look at all facets of their wellness, and not just the psychological aspects, but the biological, biochemistry, the physical. And then when you're strong, then let's deal with the psychological aspects. You know, now that your brain is capable of processing and it's it's running optimally, now we can handle the emotional stuff and it's just I can't tell you how it's completely changed the trajectory and the methodology of how I'm going to help people heal and I just want to say thank you because it's really changed my whole life
1: I you're gonna make me cry you have no idea how much that means to me because this was a very hard journey from the (laughs) get-go so I that means the world to me thank you
0: When I was reading your book, I remember laying in bed and looking over at my partner and having like tears in my eyes and just saying like, I've been waiting for this. I needed this. And this was a divine gift from somewhere. I knew there was something wrong, but I knew I had my mind right and I just couldn't figure it out for the life of me. So thank you. You are like my guardian angel biohacking author.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's had such an impact. That means a lot.
0: To those of you listening, please check out Ben's book, Unstoppable. It will change your life. It's in just an amazing body of work. Uh, ben, if you want to tell them some of your links and ways to connect with you.
1: Yeah, so if they head over to areyouunstoppable.com, so just areyouunstoppable.com, you you can actually take that free online quiz which will identify which personality type you are, but it's also going to give you recommendations. So if you do get Defender, it is going to recommend for you to go to a functional doctor immediately because you do need outside support. Um, And obviously the book is now available on Audible com and on Amazon but I just you know I want to let people know that they're not alone in this journey and there are people that are starting to wake up and realize that we can't just blame everything on psychology two sides one coin we got to look at both to make sure everything's in alignment and just for people to go easy on themselves if you get Defender or Guardian that's okay it's momentary It doesn't have to be for the rest of your life. It's you do have to go into troubleshooting mode and focus on a few basic things that you can do right now to feel better while you start to tackle those bigger issues.
0: So when I read the book, for those of you listening, I wanted to do everything at once. I wanted to tackle all of the things at once. But the key is really to handle one thing at a time so you don't get overwhelmed So if you do end up checking out the book, even if you're not a reader, there is an audio version uh, available on Audible. Just remember, one step at a time.
1: I couldn't agree more with that.
0: (laughs) Well, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Ben. And, you know, it has been a while. I've been working on my programs and working on my projects and working on my coaching for all my clients. And having you as my first guest back after my break has been just amazing.
1: Thank you so much, Gabby. It's my honor.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Mental Ish with Gabby Fox. Stay tuned for the next episode.